When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is an OXP audio experience. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Roach Podcast, brought to you by the one and only OXP Media and the Battle Canada series. I got another special guest for you in the building. MTL, one of MTL's finest. All right. Abraham Apaya. Abraham, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Abraham is a basketball enthusiast, coach, and mentor for a lot of different uh, people all over the country, not just in Montreal, TDOT, a whole bunch of places, man. This guy has been on the court since we were youngsters and Right. I first met Abraham, I'm 33 now, so probably a good, I don't know, like 20 years ago, probably, right. To, right. when we were, what, 12? We were the same team where we are about 14, I think, no, 13 Yeah, probably 13, Sun Youth Bantam. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, I mean, you're, first of all, you're doing a lot of uh, a work, like I said, um, a coach, mentor, um, you're helping guys out at all different levels, including the NBA level, but we'll right. get to that a little bit later. But, but as I just mentioned, you know, so Abraham and I played together when um, we were probably 13 in Montreal playing for Sun Youth. And then I ended up moving to Toronto right. and I didn't see Abraham for, for a long time until a year or two ago right. in the playoffs for the Raptors. <laughs> There's probably like conference finals or second round or something like that. Right. And I saw Abraham. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Abraham, what is going on, man? Were you out here courtside big time? What is going on? So, <laughs> So before we even get into that, like when I left when I was 13, I want to know, uh, you were one of the emerging players, actually, when I was leaving, because right. right. I think when we started, you were only in your in your first year. I know we had like yeah. one and two year Bantam players, but you were in your first year and I believe you were starting and you were emerging as not just one of the best on our team. Like you were the one of the best in the in Montreal overall, right. period. Right. So what right. ended up happening with your career after that? Um, I played, I think after you left, I played for Sun Yu for maybe all the way to like first year juvie, juvenile. And after that, there was this program that was created by the Quebec Federation called the CPEC, which was basically like they take like some of the best talent in the province and kind of put them in a situation where you go to school till about uh, 12 p.m. ish. And then from there, it's like you're playing you're working on your game, you know, lifting weights and things like that. So from there, I, I was recruited to go to Champlain University uh, by Coach D'Angelis, you know, uh, who's a, a legend uh, in Montreal, you know, had great players like Maurice Joseph and them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a no-brainer to me, you know. So I went there. I was there for about uh, two and a half years. CJEP, uh, um, I think I, I was struggling with my French. So I had to get in in January, basically, so the second semester. Um, you know, I got in there, you know, with your boy Etoile. I don't remember Etoile. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was there for about two and a half years. After that, um, I was recruited uh, by a few schools, but I picked to go to High Point University. Um, I was there for about uh, 
three years, you know, it was rough. Um, a lot of injuries, you know. Um, so I think in my third year, coach got fired. A new coach came in. Um, you know, he didn't have me in his plans, you know. So uh, I decided I was going to transfer. I transferred to a Division II uh, West Alabama. Uh, one of my Damn. boys was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the freshmen that, you know, I met at half point, he was from Alabama. So he was already there. Uh, he told me, you know, it would be a good situation. So I went there for about a year. Um, mm. Injury followed me again. Um, you know, around that time, I was like, all right, I'm done. Um, you know, I was just ready to get my degree and just, you know, get it moving. Who did you grow up with in, in Montreal? What was it like growing up over there? Um, it was, it was, Love, man. It, to me, it, I grew up in a, in a great neighborhood, you know, multicultural, Cote d'Ange, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we call it Uptown. I uh, grew up with Maurice Joseph. A lot of basketball over there. A lot of basketball. A lot of basketball over there. <laughs> a lot. I remember that you complex, know? the Uptown complex. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You know, Mojo, you know, was there. Um, you know, Chris Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we just had a lot of talent. Randy, you know, Kenny, Kevin. You know, oh, all yeah, them yeah, boys, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, of we, those guys played yeah, with we, all of them. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. You know, so played a lot at Bedford, you know, uh, basketball court. That's where, you know, we did a lot of the development there, you know, just all summer playing outside. How did you keep yourself on the straight and narrow? Because I know there was a there was a lot of ball going on when I left. Right. Like you mentioned on all of those guys you mentioned were <laughs> nice. Like when right. I was there, all those guys were nice. But at the same time, um, there were still people getting into a lot of trouble, man. And, right. it, and it was tough. So how did you, you keep your, your, your focus, you know, on the straight and narrow to make sure you didn't go down the wrong road? Um, I mean, there's a uh, different uh, reason. I think first of all, my mom um, just never really wanted to disappoint her in that way. Um, always felt like, you know, you know how uh, I always felt like her, you know, the, the look of disappointment in her face would probably be the, you know, my greatest pain. You know, so I tried to avoid that. But, you know, as far as like us being outside, and I think anybody that you bring here from Uptown will vouch is this guy called Vlad, who basically, you know, he, he kept us in check. You know, I mean, we had two basketball courts. We had one at Camp Park and, and one at uh, Bedford um, Elementary School. And, you know, whenever he felt like we were chilling too much at Camp, he'll come and get us, be like, yo, let's go. We all going to play at Bedford, you know, make sure we stay out of trouble. Uh, in wintertime, he'll open the gym for us do a little mini tournament just for us, you know, us, the crew. And so he did a lot, you know, for us. And he's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to get into, you know, this coaching slash mentor thing, you know what I mean? I, and he's part of the reason why I definitely want to jump into it because I felt like he did so much for us when it, it came down to that. So how was it growing up in your household though? Like who'd you grow up with? Did you grow up with siblings, your parents, <laughs> guardians? <laughs> The crazy thing is I'm, I'm the youngest in my family. Um, so I got uh, four older brothers, two sisters. Um, you got a whole basketball team. <laughs> Not even. Dude, we were a soccer family. We're from Ghana. So, you know what I mean? Like we mainly is soccer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I actually picked up basketball once, you know, I moved up to, to Montreal. Uh, originally, I was playing soccer. I just felt like, you know, it wasn't the same. Like guys were not really playing soccer. So I started yeah, picking yeah. up on basketball. And, you know, it, it became my thing. So tell me about some of the, the lessons that uh, your parents instilled in you guys uh, growing up. 
Um, my mom's uh, uh, biggest quote is always like, you know, like, you got to finish what you start. You know, I mean, that, that's her thing. And, uh, you know, it was always whatever you start, you got to finish, you know, a half, you know, a half done job won't get you paid. You know what I mean? And that's, that was always my thing. I, I always wanted to make sure that I finish what I start. Okay. Okay. Now tell me, this has been, uh, first of all, I know you're a huge Kobe fan. Right. Um, <laughs> and with that being said, this year, 2020 has been nothing but trying right. uh, for everybody. Um, whether it be deaths of uh, people, black people, COVID-19 and all this stuff. Right. Um, what do you, what do you make of this year thus far? Like what, where's your, when's your, where's your mental health at? I feel like that's an important question right, right. now because I mean, it just seems crazy with, with everything going on in this world at this point. Right. No, it's, it's wild, man. It's everything that's been going on. And, and, you know, I think it, it's easy to feel like, you know, this is, you know, the worst thing that we've been living and, you know, kind of be negative about the whole thing. But I like to see the optimistic side of things, you know what I mean? And like you said, when Kobe passed, it, it was tough. You know what I mean? Like I, I took it hard just because, like you said, I'm a big Kobe fan, you know, everything, right. you know, he stood for on and off the court. You know, what I mean, that was that was my thing. But one thing I took from it is the fact that he he lived life to the fullest. You know, what I mean, like as far as like attacking everything, you know, his goals and, you know, even when he was off the court, everything he was doing with his family, you know, he maximized, you know, his potential. And I think, you know, even in these tough times, that's that's what I'm trying to do is maximize my potential. So even though the world was at standstill, I felt like that was an opportunity for me to get ahead a little bit. You know, what I mean, do things that. I mean, I have time to do or feel like I don't have time to do because everything is moving so fast. So I did, I took the time to try to better myself. And that's what I was trying to preach to some of the people around me as far as like, you know, like find a way, you know, to see something better in this, you know, hard situation. So you talk about maximizing potential and, right. you know, I know you do some coaching. Right. And that's one of the things you try to do um, to your players as a coach but right. since since becoming a coach, what mm-hmm. are what have you learned a lot about the game, and what have you learned about yourself? Um, the game. Um, man, that's a good question. What do I learned about the game? I think I I see the game uh, differently in a slower pace. I think when I was playing, a lot of coaches trying to tell me, you know, like you got to see things a certain way. And I feel like right now I see it more in that way. You know, what I mean by that is how, you know, slow the game is, how calculated it is. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as like how certain movements can shift the whole defense or how a defense, you know, doing certain movement can shift the whole offense. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a game of it's basically like playing chess. You know what I mean? And you got to see three, four moves ahead. And that's what I'm able to see now as a coach versus when I was a player where I was, I was only, you know, one move ahead. Now, when you were at high plane, I remember saying that you, you were going through some injuries. Right. Um, and you speak about your mom telling you, you know, you can't do anything half-assed. You got to finish right. what you started. Now, when you were going through that difficult time, was there any uh, specific time in your head you thought about, you know, maybe I should just quit? 
Um, definitely, it, it crosses your, your mind. Uh, but you know what? I actually have a year left when it comes to, uh, you know, eligibility playing. But uh, the, the reason why, you know, I didn't um, finish that part, you know, even though it goes against what I said my mom was saying is, um, it, it was just the simple fact that I felt like I wasn't committed to the game as much. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'll go to the gym and instead of working out, I'll be working on my teammate, you know what I mean, who was my roommate, and I'm giving them drills to do, you know what I mean? I was like, that's not me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, usually I want to be on the court, I want to be working out. So I was like, yeah. you know, I didn't want to cheat the game. Um, even when I, my, I got my degree from Carleton University, psychology, and, you know, I, Dave Smart, who was there at the time, asked me if I wanted to play. And I was like, I don't want to disrespect, you know what I mean, what you got going on. I was like, you guys got such a great program. I personally, I'm no longer, I no longer have that commitment to the game. And for me to, you know, fake it and come on the team and not give my all would be disrespectful, not only to you, but to myself. So I, I rather just, you know, focus on my degree and just get that, you know, completed. Only, only a real baller speaks that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that, that's how I felt, though, you know what I mean? <laughs> so true. Only a real baller knows how to, you know? It, right. It's funny, man, because it's anybody who, uh, who plays ball, or plays any sport for that matter, who has a deep passion and, loves for the, and, and love for the game, uh, the right. one thing that you always hear them say, just like you did, is uh, they never want to disrespect the game. You know what I mean? Right. They never want right. to disrespect the game. But like I said early when I started the podcast, I hadn't seen you in a long time until we we're both at Scotiabank Arena. It was a playoff right. game of some score. It was. It was down year. by the court. So right. explain, um, what are you doing? I know, I know you got a great relationship with Chris Boucher. Right. Um, what's your relationship with him, and, and how did that um, end up happening? Um, I'm actually his manager. Um, and basically what happened was uh, it, it came down with coaching. Like I said, uh, we have a basketball program in Tedford Mines uh, called Team Tedford. But before that, um, it was in Alma, Quebec. That's where Chris started playing basketball. You know what I mean? I had a boy that basically, you know, had me, you know, get into coaching. I was actually coaching while I was still at High Point. I was coaching in the summertime, come down, work out with the guys. That's when I started getting involved with coaching. So while I was finishing my degree at Carlton, I had a few classes left, you know, he hit me up. Uh, I jumped on the project with him. Um, that's why I met Chris. And, you know, we, we've been very cool since. Uh, he, he trusts me. Um, you know, I was able to get his attention as far as, like, help him, you know, mentor him. You know what I mean? And, you know, he, he, he trusts me pretty much. And his mom, you know, same way she felt like, you know, I've always been around. And when he made the jump to professional level, to him it was no-brainer to have me, you know, as somebody, the voice that, you know, he, he listens to that, you know, will get him to, to the next level. All right. Now you speak just now about uh, being a mentor for Chris Boucher. Right. Um, now be a mentor to me and everybody who's going to be listening or watching <laughs> <laughs> or watching this podcast. If, if you could give myself or anybody watching or listening to this podcast, uh, one piece of right. life advice what would that piece of advice be? Man, um, man, I think it will, it'll go back to what I said, uh, the thing about my mom about, you know, finishing what you start. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they get really motivated into accomplishing something, you know, and when it takes a little longer than they expected, 
you know, they start finding reason why it may not be what they wanted or it may not, you know, be as cool just because, you know, it's taking a little longer. And I think, you know, we, we, the guys from, you know, Coach Denev had this thing, grind now, shine later. You know what I mean? Just, you know, take your time. It's, gonna, it's a slow process, but a steady commitment and a consistency will get you there. And, you know, it'll feel amazing once you get there. Okay. So what I want to know is what do you have, what do you see for yourself in your future in regards to the game of basketball? Um, man, uh, as far as, you know, the program I was talking about, you know, we want to keep getting it bigger. Uh, we want to help as many kids as possible reach their potential, uh, not reach their potential, but maximize their potential. Sorry. And, you know, to us, one thing we starting to realize uh, a lot more now is, think often when you, you know, you coach, you know, you feel like the goal is to get, you know, every kid to the NBA, but every kid have, has their own potential. You know what I mean? Some may be becoming a doctor, others may be becoming a lawyer, other, you know, anything they want to be in this day and age, there's so much things, you know, you can do and accomplish. And the goal is to help them tap in into that potential. So that's what I see for myself as far as I just keep helping more kids and as far as the kids that do, you know, make it to the level uh, like Chris Boucher and, and, other, and other guys, just keep mentoring them and, you know, keeping them engaged in the game. Uh, you know, when you're at the professional level, you got, you know, other battles you got to deal with, you know what I mean? Dealing with success, how you deal with success, how you deal with people around, how you keep connected to the game, you know, with the success that you have reached. So, you know, just keep building that up and, you know, just helping most people as much as I can. I feel like that's, you know, that's going to be my, my, my biggest value once I'm ready to check out is how people going to remember me as. Okay. So I got to know, um, when you were still say in your teens and playing in Montreal, who were some of the ballers that you looked up to For Montreal? Uh, in, in Montreal? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Mojo for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Joseph. Mo yo, Mojo. Mojo <laughs> was like, before I left, cause my, um, he played with my brother. Yeah. They were on the midget team. Right. And Mojo, man, I remember, yo, he was the only dude. He was in his first year at the time on the midget right. team. He was the only <laughs> dude off the bench who played. Who played. He was yep. the only one. Right. And his game was like smooth like butter. He was like, right. he was like Wade. He was like right. D Wade. You know what I'm right. saying? His game right. was just... No, I remember, smooth. oh man, his game was so <laughs> smooth, man, so smooth. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely Mojo. Actually, it's funny because we, we had a for, uh, a podcast and I was telling him, I was like, you know, growing up in Cote d'Ange, if you had a new move, you had to try it on Mojo. You know what I mean? If it works <laughs> on Mojo, it works everywhere yeah. else. You know what I mean? So definitely um, Mojo. Uh, I mean, obviously growing up uh, at Sunyu, I think, you know, guys like, you know, the Negus, uh, the Charade. Negus McKenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheree Thomas. Sheree yeah. Thomas. Um, yeah. Damien, Damien was tough. You know, Yo, was Damien tough was that. crazy. Right. Damien <laughs> was crazy. Right. Okay. I said Mojo was like D-Wade. Right. Damien was like D-Wade. Yeah. Yo, Damien was, was, yo, the Buckleys was were smooth. crazy. Yeah, Damien was definitely smooth. Um, yeah, nah, it's just, you know, uh, Pierre-Marie. Yeah. Um, I think he came out a little later, um, mm -hmm. Pierre Marie, but uh, that, hey, even your brother, man, that athleticism was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, you know I mean, was... but uh, no, nah, but you know, those guys, the Sun Yu guys, you know, Mojo, you know, from uptown, 
that was about it. Those are the guys yeah. I was looking up to. Even uh, right before I left too, when I was playing for uh, Loyola and NDG, right, I was playing with this cat, um, Jason Rodney. Jason Rodney. And Rodney. Jason and when, before I lay, yeah, before I left, yo, Rodney was crazy. He was like one right. of the craziest young right. ballers at that age. Yeah, he's still um, out there playing um, these men's leagues, still dropping 50 off straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you this. If if you had a chance to uh sit down and chop it up with anyone, uh right. past or present, who would it be? Kobe. 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 I'm not oh, letting okay, you finish. Okay. Kobe. <laughs> what is it that drew you so much to him besides his his just his tenacity and just, his feel for the game? It's just his approach. You know, what I mean, I think when the bar is not set and you get in a game, it's easy to just go until you reach a certain point. But to go in there and to know that that's the bar and your whole time that's your approach, like you want to, you know what I mean, break that barrier. And I, I think that's what I loved about him is, you know, he just felt like he could do anything. And yeah. not only talk about doing it, but the work ethic behind it to match it, I think that's what was amazing about him. And he came in and people like, Jordan is the bar. Yeah, and people, yeah. you know, he gets a lot of criticism for copying Jordan's game. But if you tell me that is the bar, that's what I'm aiming for. And I felt like, you know, he took his best song at it. You know what I mean? And people may not, you know, respect him and put him in that same category. But I just love the fact that, you know, he was blind. And, and even the fact that his whole career started with a failure. Shooting those air balls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, oh, yeah. it's just, it wasn't pretty, but he never quit. You know what I mean? That's what I love about it, it it's i feel like it's so relatable you know what i mean we all have failure stories that you know we could all quit or get back up so that's you know part of the reason why i i definitely connect to him i actually thought uh kobe was more skilled than jordan to be honest i, I, I think i think skill wise <laughs> you know, i think skill wise kobe i don't know if there any was anybody as skilled as kobe bryant right to be completely honest like guys right. have right. Jordan had the will, you know, right. um, guys have the athleticism. Right. But when I'm talking just pure skill, right. Like the things I saw this guy do made no sense right. on a basketball right. court. Right. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, definitely. I, I'm, it's an unpopular opinion, but I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, uh, man, I had a really good question I wanted to ask you, and now I'm blanking with it. I don't want to go by that question. It was a damn good question I had, too. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is, because I'm, I'm really right. curious when I ask people this question. Um, if you can go back and, and speak to your, your former self, say when you were 17 or 18, what would, you, what would you tell yourself? So what would you – you're sitting down next to 18-year-old Abraham. What, what would you tell yourself? Um. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. I feel like I felt I, I, I spent so much time trying to prepare the future, trying to, you know, make the future as comfortable as possible so that I can enjoy it, mm -hmm. that I failed to enjoy the moment that I was in, you know, appreciate the little accomplishment that I was able, you know, to, to make happen because I was so focused on the ultimate goal. So I think definitely that would have been it. Um, just, you know, enjoying the fact that, you know, I was one of the few guys at the time that was able to get a Division One scholarship. You know what I mean? That, that was not something everybody gets. But I just 
took it for granted. It was like, all right, cool. You know, what's the next thing? You know what I mean? And, and even going in as a freshman, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going in and this is how my career is going to be set up. You know what I mean? And then injury kicks in. Mm-hmm. So then your freshman year goes by and you just lost your freshman year. And you didn't even get to appreciate the moment that you were in. So definitely live in the moment for sure. But what goes through your head? Like what goes through your head when you're dealing with those injuries? Because oh. I've, 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 and it's not even just basketball. Cause I hear so many athletes talk about it, man. Right. And, and so many athletes come out and say, yo, when I have these injuries, man, and you're sitting and, and you're by yourself and you're rehabbing, you're doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. they're like, yo, it can get dark, man. Right. Like, you can go through some, some dark times. You right. know what I mean? All right. No, it, it, I mean, there's different levels, right? Like I dealt, uh, well, I dealt with Chris when he went through his ACL, which was like a long period, you know what I'm saying, of injury, which, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in, in his case, like you're right, you're stuck by yourself and it's like it's a dark place. And then you have my situation where it's like, all right, it's an it's a injury of like maybe a month, but then you get back on the court and maybe about a week later, you're right back at it because, you know, you tweaked it all and whatnot. So, it, man, both sides, man, it's tough. I think my, mine is just dealing with it starting over again, starting over. feels like you, you got to start back over. You know what I mean? Like the first thing, uh, I, I sprained my MCL. I was out for a few. Then I come back, I'm moving slow. Uh, then the ankles kick in, you know what I mean? And then it's like, all right, you got to start back over again. So it's just it, – it's tough. If you don't have the, you know, the mental toughness to rebuild yourself every time, it could definitely get dark. All right. Now I got to ask you this question. <clears throat> you know, I say a lot on my podcast that um, for like, I've been in the podcast game, probably, I don't know, say five, six years. Right. And I always like to ask the question, what is, that thing about you. Cause I, I, I truly believe there's something about everyone that right. they don't like to tell people, you know? So for, for me personally, I never used to like to tell people that, um, you know, I'm a FedEx driver in the day. Right. Um, I'm a television broadcast assistant for the Raptors at night. Right. Um, I got a wife, I got two kids. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, I, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day, um, get home about 2.30, shower, scarf something down quickly if I can, right. leave at 3.30. I'm at Scotiabank Arena um, at 5. I'm out of there by 11. I'm home by 12, 12.30. I'm up at 5 right. and I'm going again. You know what I mean? Because to me, um, I, always wanted, I always wanted people to think that what I was doing was easy. I always wanted to right. make it look easy, make it look right. sexy, you right. know? But at the end of the day, you know, the, I mean, reality is, is that it's tough. It's hard. Everybody is going through something. Right. You know what I mean? And right. for me, I found the, the best way for me able to, to speak to people. Um, I still go and talk to kids and all that kind of stuff. And I let them know that when you're chasing something, Mm-hmm. If it's something of value, it has to be hard to do. If you're Definitely. chasing something and it's easy, then it, it, it ain't that hard to do. Right. You know what I mean? So, so what, what do you, like, what is that thing about you you never wanted anybody to know? Maybe when you were younger, 
that you feel right. uh, more comfortable uh, telling people now? Um, man, I think might be I have a, a, a lot of insecurities about my abilities. I think I, I, I downplay my abilities a lot. Um, just because I don't know, I just, I, I guess it's good and bad, you know, because it keeps me on my toes where I feel like I'm always underprepared. So I'm always trying to prepare more, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I also feel like it puts me at a place where it's like, sometimes you, you got to walk into certain places with a certain level of confidence, you know what I mean? To, to get the job done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a, a thin line, you know what I mean? Where you, you respect, you know, the, I guess your opponent in this case, you know, but not too much where, you know, you feel like you can't defeat them. So no. I think growing up that, that was a lot. Uh, I feel like I was always, you know, uh, content with just kind of falling back a little bit, not, you know, like I wouldn't like somebody would be like, Oh, you, you know, you were a pretty good basketball player. I, I was all right. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I, I'll say that because I don't, you know, I don't want to feel like, I guess I'm boasting or, or anything like that. And sometimes I feel like you need to have that confidence in you because that's what's going to take you from, let's say, missing five shots to having the guts to shoot the sixth shot that you're probably mm -hmm. going to make, you know, after that. Okay. If I asked you what your purpose in life is, what would that be? To serve, to serve uh, as many people as I can. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm in a game, you know, to, to mentor as many people, you know, as I can, you know, I mean, my goal is like I said, when I check out, you know, for people to, you know, have different stories about me and be like, man, I remember when he told me this, I remember when I called him at 3am and he gave me this advice, you know what I mean? I remember when I needed him at this time and, you know, he was there for me. And that to me, that is, is really, really, you know, important to me more than anything in the world. So, man, I feel like, you know, it's funny, I'm on Zoom right now. And, <laughs> uh, it's crazy because I'm looking at the clock. We've been talking for half an hour already. I feel like I can talk to you for Dang, about another four really. hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's crazy, man. But um, uh, since, the season, since the season ended, uh, what have you been up to? Mm -hmm. um, you in the gym? You coaching? What are you doing now? Um, well, at the first, I think right before the season ended, I was back in Tedford uh, with the guys uh, at the academy that we had, the basketball program, and we were working there. And uh, when Chris came back, you know, he had to quarantine and, and things like that. So now I've been back for, for a few weeks now. Uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, get some work done, whether it's, you know, watching film um, or, you know, doing lifting weights in here and things like that, you know, we're trying to get him ready mentally and, and physically for, for next season. He's been doing some, you know, some work with his coaches and, and things like that. Uh, you know, so we, we just trying to get him ready. I think one of the things that helped him going into the bubble is, you know, just kind of watching his plays, uh, things where he can get better. And I feel like it helped him seeing himself cause he's a visual person, right? So just seeing himself doing certain things, or, you know, some of the shot, you know, ill-advised shots that he may have taken that maybe he could have made an extra pass and things like that. Uh, being in the right position defensively, just, you know, little stuff like that to help him, you know, get better for, for next season. 
All right, man. Uh, Abraham, I want to thank you for joining me, man. Actually, first, where, where can everybody find you on social? Uh, everybody's uncle. I don't even know how to spell that. Um, I think <laughs> I have like dots and stuff like that in there. It's okay. Uh, I'll, put, I'll put it in the description <laughs> for everybody anyway. Right. I really do. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, everybody's uncle. Um, that's on IG? Private, so. <laughs> yeah, on mm-hmm. IG. That's the only thing I have. Um, everything else, I try to stay off it uh, to stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yo, Abraham, I really want to thank you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you for uh, Basketball me. enthusiast, coach, mentor, uh, manager for Chris Boucher. My brother, thank you. I'm glad yes, that sir. I'm in uh, in contact with you again after so long, man. And uh, right. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing you a lot you, more. Hey. But yeah, I sent I sent that picture to all the guys. <laughs> okay, definitely, Good, definitely. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I, I am looking forward to seeing you a lot more. But unfortunately, it looks like it right. won't be next season at Scotiabank because I'm seeing they might right. be playing in Louisville or something. I mean, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Um, that's wild but but listen man I'm sure I'm going to be talking to you again um, I have I have some ideas I do want to speak to you again I want to do it a little bit differently um, in a more relaxed setting maybe in person right um, right but yeah okay. man I, I, I'm thanking you so much it's going to be uh, bring a appreciate lot of value you. to the people listening to this especially the young kids man so appreciate that and uh, looking forward to speaking to you again soon brother sounds good thank you You've been listening to the Mike Roach Podcast, where storytelling, sports, and keeping it real are the only ways to live by. We hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show. Link up with us on Instagram at oxp.media or at Mike Roach 7, where you can view images of the content on this program. We're on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening. Until next week.